What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Pod. I know it's been a really, really, really long time since y'all have heard my voice. You owe these people an explanation. Dog, I am getting to that right now. So it has been a fat minute. Um, I don't know if Shub has alluded to it a little bit in some of the previous podcasts about how I've been busy. Uh, simply speaking, I, I started a boot camp. I'm learning how to code. Uh, for those of you, for my coders out there, please hit me up and help me out. I suck at, <laughs> I suck, I suck at programming, not going to lie. Um, but that's why I'm learning. Uh, you know, me and Shub have day jobs and we're trying to get better at them. So that's kind of where we're at right now and trying to figure out, um, you know, how to move forward in life. And this is one of the things that I've taken on to do that. Uh, but how are you doing, Shub? Enough about me. I'm doing good, man. Uh, episode yesterday with, uh, you know, our first fan series segment. I'm very excited to launch that. Um, I have a good pool of people I want to interview for future franchises. And, um, you know, I think it's a really good segment. I know we talked about it a while, so it's really good to uh, finally get that in order. And, you know, we might have some surprise guests, which I'm still trying to track down, if you know what I mean, for, for other teams. Um, very, very special guests. So definitely don't want to lose out on hope on that. But other than that, dude, things are smooth sailing. Work's good. Life's good. Um, just trying to figure out this career thing. And, you know, we're just going to keep it moving. At least that basketball to keep me sane. So, Dude, that's one thing. That's actually a great segue for me right now because that's one thing that I haven't been able to do lately. And that's what I wanted to kind of focus today's podcast about too, you know? I can't really watch basketball, bro. I haven't really been able to sit down and watch games like I used to at the beginning of the season, um, especially starting around January time. So... I kind of wanted to talk a little bit today about, you know, certain things that I've been seeing floating around in the NBA space, because I'm still keeping up with the NBA. Don't, don't think that I'm not. It's just that I have, believe that I haven't been able to watch games. You know, I'm still running my fantasy team, um, you know, hanging in there with all these COVID injuries and just injuries in general. Uh, So I'm following the league pretty closely, but I haven't been able to catch any games. So I had a couple of myths that have been formulating in my mind and I want you to either bust them or tell me um, if I'm like on the money with them. Right. Got you. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And for those of you out there that, you know, are casual fans watching the sport, don't really have time to watch basketball. This could be kind of like a way for you to either learn a little bit more about what's going on, um, because you probably will see some of the stuff that I'm talking about floating around in the Internet. Um, But yeah, with that being said, like, let's kind of take it away. The the first thing that I've been kind of seeing, right, Uh, can't really go this podcast, go without talking about it on this podcast. LeBron James has been injured. <laughs> Anthony Davis has been injured as well. Lakers just lost three straight. They lost to the Pelicans. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Are the Lakers are the Lakers going to be a low-seeded team going into the playoffs? Are they even going to have a strong playoff run because they're freaking missing out on their two best superstars? What, what do you think is going to happen? So um... – I talked about this yesterday. So my opinion is very much formulated Um, again, you know, to the real fans out there, we have to keep in mind that everything is exacerbated by the media. Right. Um, And whoever came up with this fallacy, like kudos to you for, you know, starting up a, you know, a flurry of information. And you have to remember that 90% of the NBA world wants to see the Lakers fail. So whenever they can come up with something, they're going to run with it. Oh, LeBron and AD are going to be out until the playoffs. They're not going to be healthy enough for it. And therefore, they're going to be out from the West. 
who are who are these statements coming from? Denver fans, like the three Clipper fans that are out there, um, the Sun Phoenix fans, things like that, uh, the Jazz fans who think they have a shot. Keep that in mind, and it's simply not the case. Number one, LeBron and AD's timelines are pretty much in sync now. We saw the report from Woj, thank you, Woj, that he's going to be reevaluated LeBron in about three to four weeks, right? AD is in that same time sphere now. Like a couple weeks have passed, and he's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks or three weeks. So there's actually going to be a layover uh, between, uh, um, you know, when AD comes back for a week. And LeBron is, you know, going to be out as well. Yash, how many weeks are until the playoffs? Eight. Eight weeks until we hit the playoffs. The schedule has been moved to fit this COVID season. It's not like April, mid-April, like everyone's thinking. There's a lot, lot, lot of time for LeBron and AD to get legs under them. Number two. Even if they didn't have, you have a full month, and that's okay. like that's 15, 16 games already. That's like a court, like a third, a sixth of the season, whatever you want to call it. And these are champions. Like they, they just carried a team to a championship last year. You're telling me they need a month or six weeks to get their legs under them, quote unquote, to get ready for the playoffs? That's absolutely BS. So, you know, assuming no setbacks, you know, no barriers, we're going to be fine. You know, it's going to be a crazy next couple of days with the trade deadline. We're going to suck. Uh, you know, they're trying their best. Uh, this team was not built to be built, you know, without LeBron and AD. That's where these pieces have come from, the complementary pieces. Um, and they're without their leaders. So we just have to go through it and just root for our young guys and just root for, you know, the youth and the development uh, of our current team. And, and look at the bright spots that can, you know, shine in the playoffs and how they can further help our leaders, you know, come playoff time. Sure. No. And, and I agree with a couple of points you made there, but also, I mean, from an outsider perspective, um, as I have now become an outsider, since I've not been really watching the games, <laughs> uh, you know, Lakers have a pretty hefty schedule in front of them. Not too, not anything too crazy. Like I see them having a chance against beating, you know, the Sixers, um, probably not the Bucks or the, or the Clippers that they're going to be playing in the next few games. Um, but, you know, th- there are some must win games. I feel like, coming up for them uh, just so that th- not only that they hold their spot in the conference, but also just to solidify them as a team uh, that can function without LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think um, to answer your question, though, I didn't answer the question directly. I think best case scenario, we can still be, you know, second or third seed, but I don't think we, I, I can't see us going any anywhere past, you know, fourth, you know, really? because then you get to the, the Damian Lillard's, uh, you know, sixth place, you know, I don't even know who's in sixth place, the Mavericks, things like that. We're, we're much better than them. And they're not, they're not winning on a consistent basis uh, as compared to the top half of the West, right? You know, Phoenix has been proven to be a good regular season team. Utah, we already know, and the Clippers have that star power. So, you know, that, that top four seed is right there for the taking. And, and, and we're a competent team enough, at least for that last month before we get, get into the playoffs, you know, health, uh, health willing, you know, we're, we're going to lock up a top four seed. I'm confident in that. That's, that's an interesting take to have uh, considering the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, like the games that separate the Blazers that are sixth and the Lakers is like three games, right? Yeah. So if the Lakers lose the next three and the, and the Blazers in the next, the next three, we will. That's why I'm not confident though. Can you, can you say I'm confident that the Lakers not confident, but it's very more likely realistic that the Lakers are going to lose the next three. But can you honestly say that the Blazers are going to win the next three? Yeah. Cause they're playing Ace. the heat magic and Raptors, bro. And they at least, they have a chance to win all three of those games. They just came off of 
you know, a strong, not a strong, but like, you know, they've, they've been having a solid season for what, what we thought they were going to have versus um, how they're playing, especially with the injuries that they have. I think they can win the next three games and I, and I can easily see the Lakers losing the next three too. So um, we'll see. And, and and that obviously shifts NBA Twitter's opinion like anything, you know. If if you see the Lakers <laughs> in sixth, bro, I can I you better believe it's gonna be like the Lakers are never repeating a championship. It's not gonna happen, blah blah blah. I know. Love to hate us. That's that's how that's how the, the vibe goes for sure. Any kind of failure that, that we that we have, it's just you know, jump ship code red. So it's it's, it's exciting for sure. And uh yeah, kind of to jump on the flip side of that a little bit, you know, with the Western Conference, things have obviously not looked as, as they seemed at the beginning of the season. You know, the both of us were like, the Suns are going to be like a playing team. I had the Suns yeah. actually a bit higher than you. We both didn't believe in the Jazz. And guess what? Both of them are at the freaking top of the West, bro. Yeah. Killing it right now. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, factor cap, like, are the Jazz actually going to do something in the playoffs? Where did you get that factor cap? Is you make that up, or where have we heard that from? Dude, I've been hearing it on TikTok. Not gonna lie, but I wanted to. TikTok? I just wanted to say factor cap. I, I like the the what's the word called? Um, alliteration or whatever it is. It's not alliteration. Um, the question was: Are the it's Jazz for basketball, real? bro? Don't freaking <laughs> my bad. Literary type stuff. Um, are you no. asking? Are they asking? Are you asking if they're for real? The Jazz? Yeah, I just want to know, like. Because I haven't one hundred percent, they're not real. They're they're not oh, real whatsoever. Bro, but, you're insulting so many people right now. But yeah, but ahead. but I will say, I will say, you know, with no home court advantage and you're winning this many games, uh, in essence, they could be for real. Because what is the difference? I mean, there is difference in play, but like uh, energy and vibe, things like that. There's no difference between a regular season game and a playoff game. You know what I'm saying in terms of rambunctious fans things like that but on play style sort of thing when people lock in there's a difference um i definitely see them winning around for sure uh but losing the second round is like almost likely especially that one four one five matchup that they're gonna get i think that series is gonna go long so no i don't think the jazz are for real i think you know anyone who thinks they are for real like what do you expect from there can you honestly sit there and say they can beat like one of the two best teams in the west like the lakers or the clippers like you don't have the star power. You're young. You had a great season. Enjoy that, and figure out what you need to do and get playoff ready guys. You know, in free agency this year, that's kind of the next step for them, right? Get some tough nosed players like the Miami Heat did. You know, last year with people like Jay Crowder, uh, Andre Gudala, players like that that can help them in the long run, uh, make them a long, uh, uh, a longer tenured team down the road. But starting now, no, they're young. They have a good system. Everything's working and clicking. They got shooters, but they're, they're not battle-tested yet, so I don't think they're for real at all. Honestly, I feel like for them, even though they're winning so many games, I feel like they're still one piece away from, like, really competing for a championship. And I think it's, like, even though they have, like, two really good guard – I mean, two really good forwards, like Joe Ingles and then Bog, Boyan Bogdanovich, um, I feel like they both would be, like, great backup players to, like – Maybe not like a like a Paul George esque type of player. You know what you know what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I think having that type of stretch wing could really benefit them. Maybe a John Collins type of player um, that can give yeah. them that 20 and 10 and also play defense. I think that would really set them apart and put them in that contention. Because right now, um, when it really comes down to like playing these big market teams like the Lake, I mean like the Lakers or Clippers, they both have you know great wing forwards. Um, you know, with like Anthony Davis, you know, you have this like point forward center type of guy 
that kind of just run down your entire defense when it comes down to playoff time. So I definitely agree with you there. They're not battle tested at all. Not really sure what they're going to do, but, you know, they at least like we could have foresaw that they're, you know, that they at least would have a good season. Not this yeah. good of a season, but nope. what about the Suns, bro? I know this is a you weren't exactly very high on them. You don't really like Chris Paul. I'm I'm more I'm more of a fan of them. Like I I love the way they play, but I, I just I was just curious. Like, what was your reaction to seeing them? You know, at second, you will go as far as your leader will take you, right? And I think the same thing can be applied that we saw with the Jazz here. You have you know your your floor general, but until Devin Booker is putting this team on his absolute back. They're winning team games. I get that. That's what gets you regular season games. But when that rotation shortens up, that Monty Williams is going to shorten up in the playoffs, and he's playing seven, eight guys, that's it, and Chris Paul's playing 40 minutes a game, who's going to shine? And it's all eyes are on Devin Booker, and we're really going to see um, how battle-tested he is. Today's his four-year anniversary of scoring 70, which was sick. But, you know, playoff Devin Booker. Playoff Devin Booker, what does that look like? No one has the answer, bro. So how can you say that they're for real or things like that? We have seen this time and time again. The Phoenix Suns back in 2010 when, when Nash was leading them. The Utah Jazz having a great record. Um, you know, these the Atlanta Hawks in 2015. These are great regular season teams, but we are – the Milwaukee Bucks last year. These are great regular season teams, but we know how they manage games, things like that. But when it comes down to four wins against the same people – Who's going to rise above? Does Devin Booker, can Devin Booker go head-to-head with Kawhi Leonard? Can Devin Booker go head-to-head with Anthony Davis? Can he go head-to-head with LeBron? Can he go head-to-head with Donovan Mitchell, right? These are the questions that have to be answered. And Chris Paul, unfortunately, as much facilitation you want to see from him, you know, he can't he can't do that all by himself. So they got a cute system. They got nice shooters. It all works out. But again, you got to wait for the playoffs. And these first and second seeds are all fantastic, but... Again, LeBron's taken a four-seed Cavs team to all the way to the finals. None of it matters. Absolutely none of it matters. So that, that's okay. why I'm holding out on them. But they're a cute team. You call them cute, bro? What the hell? They're a cute team, bro. They do all the right things, bro. You got a, you got movement, ball movement, like a few three-pointers here and there. I mean, I don't really see what they're doing defensively. They got a young center that can, you know, get you 20 and 10. They're, they're a cute team. You see them beating the Spurs? Because right now they're matched up against the Spurs in the playoffs. Really? Right yeah. now? The, the Spurs second. are just fantastic. Spurs are seventh. That's a really good first-round matchup. It's a great matchup. I think um, I haven't heard too much buzz from the Spurs, but we're just watching the standings, and you look back at our podcast. I, I told you that was a team to watch out for. The coaching just comes up. You know, They're obviously facing a lot of turnover right now with their two main guys, but I think it's going to help their trade value, of course. Um, but um, with, with the new direction of the team and, and pop having a DeJounte Murray at the helm uh, along with uh, Keldon Johnson players like that. But the trade value for DeRozan and Aldridge is really going high based on how they're performing for sure. Bro, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to get bought out. I feel like I don't think anybody wants him to be honest. Like I haven't, I haven't heard much about him. Um, I had him on my fantasy team. The dude kind of lost some motivation. I feel like, I don't know what it is, but the situation or the environment is just not right for him. Um, but I definitely see the Suns coming out on top on that on that matchup, bro. I don't think the Spurs have what it takes to beat out the uh, out what the Suns have right now. Um, and I think you know that'll prove that they're at least for. Oh, real, in a bro. series, of course not, of course not. Yeah. Okay. 
but right. how how is winning one first round matchup, which you are favored and supposed to win, proving you're for real? I think that's a big deal, bro, especially for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in so long and you play against a tested playoff team like the Spurs. I understand that they're young, but Greg Popovich... That's not a tested playoff team, bro. That's not a tested playoff team. Okay, but when you beat an organization that has been in the playoffs for as long as... It's not the same pedigree, bro. We know why they were so high class because of the the three people they were... Okay, but even after the three people left, they still had you know, a level to them and they did make the playoffs. Did they not? And they were a competitor. And the Suns haven't even the Suns haven't seen this type of level of success in like over 10 years. Right. For them to even win like one round in the playoffs, I think is a success for them as an organization, especially because at the beginning of the year, everyone thought that, oh, if you sign Chris Paul, who's like really old, like you're not going to get anything out of it. Right. But I think it's going to be great for the city if they were able to win in one playoff round. Yeah, I know <clears throat> for the fan base and everything, I'm sure they would be excited. I know uh, our expectations are sort of different and it's very different to, uh, um, you know, I handle expectations as a, coming from a Laker fan. I wouldn't understand yada, 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 shit like that. But um, that's good. That's good. I think handling expectations is great. I'm just saying if you want to compete against the best, this is the reality of the situation um, and you're not there yet. So, yeah, they, I think Phoenix should be like great. I think they should be overwhelmed. They're obviously exceeding expectations. A lot of them. Uh, you know, kind of saw the Suns in this in this manner. Still got a lot of games to go, and like we see the West standings, one through eight is only separated by about four, five, six games anyway. So we can talk yeah. standings all day, every day, like we do on this pod. Um, but in three hours, the standings is going to change, and in another three hours, they're going to change again, and then probably in a week or so, we're talking about the Phoenix Suns in sixth place. So we definitely got to be air on the side of caution when we refer to. Uh, where everyone at is at seating wise. No, I definitely agree with you. Um, but at the same time, like they've been able to establish their presence for a while now. And I, I think they have a significant head actually over the Clippers. Like they have three, they have three less losses. So um, it goes a long way there. Uh, but kind of flipping it on the head right there, uh, going to the bottom of the Western conference, the Rockets have lost 20 games, bro. Since I've last watched basketball, I think, that was like the last time they won a game of basketball until like yesterday or something, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but this raised like a lot of questions about you know, Victor Oladipo, about the direction of the team. Steven Silas has been just dealt a bad hand of cards or like he's just not fit for the right coaching situation. What are your thoughts about the Rockets as a whole? Do you see them? What, what, what do you envision for their future in the next like year or so? Yeah, I think I said this yesterday too on a different podcast. I think um, the Rockets are a top 10 interesting team in the league right now because, you know, you have the 20 game losing streak. And I think a lot of young players and a lot of G League players, people don't really recognize, but the assets that they have are, are pretty widespread. You just signed, uh, you just traded for John Wall with the, with the, you know, pretty polarizing contract. You get a good hit in free agency with Christian Wood, who you knew was going to be a star. Um, let go of DeMarcus Cousins, realized he wasn't part of your future. Traded for KPJ, who is showing flashes that he can he can really get into that two spot. And not only that, you're about to get a solid and decent return for Victor Oladipo when a ton of teams are trying to bid on him to prove <clears throat> to rent him for half a season and prove that this is a culture he wants to be a part of and not run to Miami. Um, so they're going to get a lot of cap space back. And so 
I think the future is really bright. New coach is like hopefully going to get a better shake at a new deal at a better deal. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited for where this team is at, um, you know, moving forward. So uh, things are looking up. Um, I had a discussion about John Wall's uh, future and stuff like that. But in terms of Victor Oladipo, you know, he, he's out the door for sure. I have no idea if Victor Oladipo is just like playing around. Um, but I haven't really heard much from him this entire month. Um, is that guy any good in your opinion? Do you think there's a, a strong trade market out there for him? Yeah, absolutely. It's dude, this guy's like just getting back from injury. Um, and he's still a talented player. Um, and so, you know, record like um, his value is still like that first round pick sort of value in, in that sense. You know, he's, he's still deserving of it. Um, you know, he's proven this season, even uh, through playing, you know, not not too many games. Uh, you know, he's played in about, um, you know, only nine games this season. But, you know, the value is still there. I think he's still worth the first round pick in the games he did play. He's averaging 24 and six uh, on, you know, 42, 36 and 73 percent splits with two steals a game. Um, true shooting percentage of 54. So, you know, he still should be you know, coveted in this league because you plug and play ever since his OKC days um, and on the magic, he, everywhere you put him at, you know, 20 points per game instant, right? No matter how yeah. he gets it, it's just instant. So a score like that uh, is highly coveted no matter how he gets those points. I think it's kind of crazy that he's, he's been on four teams and about to go on his fifth. Like it's nuts, bro. It is nuts. I, he's becoming like the, the, the high end version of Trevor Ariza. Like <laughs> low key, bro. Everyone playing hot potato with this man, bro. He's got a family. Let him be. I think that's why he's so exhausted, bro. Like just, he wants to go to Miami. Like, so he can like, just, he just relax, there. bro. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler, bro. He's like, bro, I'm straight chilling here. I got to find, I found a home and shit like that. Like, that heat culture is just nice, dog. Like everyone there is like motivated to win. Like you're not going to a bad organization. Like they they have goals and shit, you know. And I don't see a lot of teams like that. But I'm just it's just baffling because that team should not have lost 20 games. And it's even wilder that they lost those 20 games. They're still not last place in the West. Like kudos to the Timberwolves, bro. Like for for really sticking it out at the bottom. Like seriously, I, I have no idea how. I, this, I know this sounds like a roast to all the Steam World fans because it is. It is a roast. No, what the terrible. hell are you guys doing, bro? You they're won 10 terrible. games. You might have like the second best rookie in the, in the draft class this year. Like, that's well and good. But like, what the hell have you guys been doing? I understand Cat's been injured, but yeah, D-Lo. Like, it just, it just bothers me that they can be this bad for this long, especially after they gave up both Zach Levine and Jimmy Butler. Um over the course of the last, like, I don't know, three, four years of their organization. What do you see happening to the Timberwolves come this next year? Oh, this is one thing I really don't want to talk about. Anything Wolves, like, I, I just I just don't like anything about their direction or what they're doing. Wow. Um, they're, they're just horrendous. They're, they're a team that just pisses me off. I mean, their only good hit is Anthony Edwards, who's, who's a good player. But, dude, like... You trade the house to get Cat because you're scared he's going to leave his best friend on the team. Um, and they can't figure it out. Neither of them can stay healthy. You know, Cat has having a horrible season. I get it. But guess what? He's back playing again. You're not winning any other games. You're not winning any other games. And people were trying to tell me in my mentions, like, the Wolves are backing up, playoff contention, playing game, all that, all that BS. Shut the hell up. 
Like, shut the hell up. D'Lo's a trash player. Um, He's a trash player, and he's continuously immature. We saw that tweet the other day. I guarantee you 10 minutes, 10 minutes after they announced LaMelo Ball is out for season, this man goes to Twitter and literally says, uh, Ant, rookie of the year. 10 minutes after we got the injury report. Like, time and place, dude. Like, what are you doing? And everyone just roasted his ass, bro. Like, as as he deserves as, as he should, bro. And he's just an ass player. Like, what is he doing to, like, produce winning plays? He's not. He's a terrible player. He is, you know, just all all talk and just does nothing to produce winning plays. He's a shot chucker um, and has developed no part of his game over the last, like, three years um, and will continue to bounce team to, from team when his contract's over. We'll be lucky to get 20-plus million, uh, you know, in, in the free market. Um, you know, they should definitely build around Cat and Anthony Edwards if he's willing to stay past long term. And just look at their payroll, bro. They have no tradable assets whatsoever. Um, and it's just a bad look, you know, for the next two, three years. And everything should just be focused on the growth of Anthony Edwards. And they have nothing else to look forward to. Yeah, it's been really rough, even on the coaching side, like how they yep. shafted the, the assistant coach. I don't really know if that was how they should have gone about things. Um, granted, you know, <clears throat> They already had someone in mind, but you got to give that assistant coach a shot. I think I was listening to Stephen Jackson on all the smoke. It was just like, dog, it doesn't matter if you hire somebody else. Like, you should give yeah. that assistant coach a shot. And I don't know. I, I actually don't hate D'Angelo as much as you do. I think he like he's he's a he's a good offensive player. Maybe not as great on defense. He definitely has a good he has good form. He can shoot the ball. It's just, uh, I don't. I, I feel like he kind of gotten he kind of became forgotten after leaving the nets um so i I get that you're shitting on him but like keep in mind like he did take that team to the playoffs right and he was the leader of the he was the leader of that team and i I mean i feel like dinwiddie was but yeah it's it's whatever okay but why why i don't understand why his fans are so uh laser focused on a decent four to five month run he had like what like when have we ever over like literally dramatized anyone's like I mean, he made run like him team. before as an injury replacement still as an injury team. replacement averaging what 19 and six a game like who gives a shit like he had a solid four to five months basketball bro he's not a- really though and now in the first round like he had a good five or six months in the right situation what happened then what happened he played well what happened? He, he played. He he won games for his for the Nets squad, and he got shipped think... out, bro. He got shipped ever since he's for been Kevin drafted, Durant, he's dog. On, he's been on four. No, after that, where did he get shipped off to? And then Golden State didn't want his ass either, bro. Hold up, wait. The, the Nets shipped him out to get Kevin Durant because KD wanted a sign and trade. So the only asset they could have traded was D'Lo, and obviously you're going to trade D'Angelo Russell for freaking Kevin Durant, dog. That's and yeah, great. And yeah, and the what war- next? The Warriors didn't really have a choice in that situation either. Like, why? Because they were just trying to match salaries and they were trying to get something in return for sending away. What did they get for return? They got D'Lo because that was, dude. If you look at the Nets roster, like either the either the Nets have to trade away every damn player to keep. I don't care about the Nets. I'm talking about why didn't it work on the Warriors? Why why wasn't he part of their long term feature? Well, how could he be when you already have two All Star Hall of Fame guards? So then, why do you trade for him court? in the first place? That's what I'm. That's what I'm telling you. Like, if you're the Warriors, like logically speaking, you have to trade for D'Lo because KD wants to leave, right? He wants to go to the Nets. He made that demand, all right. And then he wanted to sign and trade. And I mean, and for the Warriors, like, might as well get something in return rather than nothing. So you get yeah, you get D'Angelo Russell, and then you eventually flip it into Andrew Wiggins. I, 
like from a business perspective, that totally makes sense. Like you can't argue that, but I'm just saying four teams in four years, like that there, that's just too much inconsistency I mean, yeah, or but bad that's luck. The nature of, that, that, that's the nature of the business though. I don't think it's it has not, to do not if you're good, you. not if you're fucking good at your, Bro, at your job. He got traded to a team that was just trying to coast the season. Like, let's be real here. Steph was injured and they were like, yeah, dude, you're not going to come back for the rest of the season. Like not because you can't just because we don't want you to like, he was just playing for them as like some sort of like, and he was just there to build value or build enough value so that they can pull off some sort of trade that would be. If you're good enough to be a second pick and you're actually good to have fans and actually, you know, produce winners and things like that, you would not be in this many trade talks and actually be able to find Bro, a that, that warrior squad last year was literal dog. Like you can't, that's fine. Me, you can't tell me like, what is he going to do? Win games with that? Like he's a, He's a, like you said, a backup all-star dog. He's not going to He can at least – dude, the, the point is he can't even put up good numbers on a bad team. That's my point. That's the he thing. Does. He can't. He does. No, so he you does. Think 19 and, you think 19 and 5 are good numbers? I mean, he, he does more than just like – I literally saw a statistic that compares his numbers to Dennis Schroeder. Well, Dennis he Schroeder literally produces the same as Dennis Schroeder. I mean, if you look at it from a numbers perspective, yes, but I also think that – D'Angelo is a better playmaker and a better, like he has better grip of the ball and stuff. Like there, there's a reason why I would put him, like he is an all-star caliber player. And I think people are saying like the dude's declining or whatever, but he's like 25, dog. He definitely has. No, I don't care about declining. He's just not good, bro. Fuck a decline. I'm telling you, he's just not good. I know he's not declining. He's 25, but he has no ceiling. He has no direction. He's not going to be this player he was supposed to be. And I'm just sorry to say that, but I saw it firsthand and I continue to see it in every stop. He is not a good basketball player. In 2019-2020, he averaged 23.6 points a game, bro. Yeah, tell me how many shots he chucked up. I mean, he was shooting at like 48, 50. His his efficient fuel percentage was like 52%, bro. So is everyone's. So is everyone's effective field goal percentage. That's what true shooting is supposed to make it look like. But I understand, but it's not like he's playing poorly. Like the way you made it out. And the sound, dude played 33 games. If you play a third of a season and average 23 a game, anyone can do that, bro. That's called a hot streak. Again, a streaky ass player. What do you mean? No, then they traded him to Minnesota. And then in Minnesota, he averaged 21. I don't think yeah. that these are bad Thir- numbers, last, bro. Last time 21 I checked. And six and 23 and six are not bad numbers. Last like, time I checked, 33 plus 12, it does not equal, you know, 56, 66 games like it's supposed to be last season. So. You know, the, the durability aspect is there, too. It, I just don't know why people I mean, yeah, are so he, high on him. He has no future Bro, whatsoever. he's a good player. He just, he's been unlucky this season for sure with his injuries. Like, his injuries Anyways, have definitely caused we should, problems. We should, we should move on. I don't want to talk about D'Angelo Russell anymore. Okay, this, is, right. this is a waste of time, bro. I understand that this is, for whatever reason, pissing you off, dog, but he's not a horrible player. But, <laughs> he's a horrible player, I'm telling you. Okay, all right, all right. I'm not gonna I'm not going to spend my time arguing about him. There's a lot of other stuff we should talk about. Um... To me, I think the sensation of this year from the rookie class has been LaMelo Ball. Um, this past month has solidified it for me, even though I didn't watch his game. Sports Center and House of Highlights made sure, no matter what, that I would catch something from this guy um, every single day. This man would literally sit on the bench and there would be a highlight about it. Uh, it was kind of ridiculous, honestly. He's a, I don't even know why the hell they do this in the media, but they do. But that's besides the point. Do you think LaMelo Ball is a clear-cut front-runner for the rookie of the year, granted that now he's injured? Um, 
Yeah, it, it's definitely a tricky situation and very unfortunate. Um, I was definitely wrong in my pick. I think Lamelo. It, it was so crazy. There's so much working against him uh, coming in, but man, oh man, like he was, uh, you know, definitely a favorite. Um, you know, to come on out and just just be able to ball it and be and like a- answer all the questions um, to be able to you know shut haters up. Um, and so, you know, I just like the body of work he's presented. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's very tough because we're halfway into the season. You know, there's still a number of ways to go. Anthony Edwards seems to be the front runner, and it just sucks. I think, you know, the situation happened to, uh, you know, didn't Brogdon win uh, Rookie of the Year with someone injured or something like that? It was just tough. So Basically, I don't remember who he beat up, but it was kind of wild. Yeah. It was tough because it's he's only played half the season. If you play most of the season, just like a Zion, should should he won Rookie of the Year, things like that, um, playing 33 games, he did it. And so by the regulations, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. But obviously, everyone knows he is the best rookie out of that class. So yeah, it's definitely been interesting um, seeing him play because I think as a Laker fan, watching Lonzo play that first season, we really had a lot of expectations out of him, and I feel like Lamelo's living up to them as a Hornet. Um, so who do you think is a better ball brother now that we watch them both play at least a little bit? Um, yeah, I think that's like a sad kind of comparison. People like, obviously, like if you just, um, look at the optics of it, look at the statistics, things like that. I I just think even in their high school days, you could see like they were filling out different roles. Like LaMelo was always that explosive Mm -hmm. score to get in the lane, things like that. Lonzo was very you know, kind of like their personalities, just, uh, you know, to themselves, things like that. Um, and so, you know, that, that that's sort of tough to say. Obviously, you can look at the numbers and say LaMelo's better, things like that. But I think they fill out different roles when it comes to the court. And I think Lonzo, uh, you know, does some things better than LaMelo. And LaMelo clearly does a lot of, you know, things that people like better too, you know, in, in the holistic effort of stats. But I think eye tests, things like that, they're both well doing different things and there's a lot of rumors of pairing them together and you know Lonzo's on the trade block so we'll see if something comes into fruition. Yeah dude I mean I think it's it's a question I asked because I was just curious to see like what your thought process was. Uh but like in my opinion I honestly don't think that Lonzo or Lamelo like you can compare the two of them but their career trajectory itself has been so different, right? Like so different. Like Beyond Lonzo different. Lonzo plays like he he went like the average way you get in the NBA. Like the dude played in college for like a, a reasonably good school like UCLA, Pac-12, then went to the NBA like yep. And then he faced a lot of scrutiny because at that time like ball in the family and the big baller brand started. I still watch that, bro. That shit's funny. Dude, it is like it's a holistic show. I need to watch it. Go watch it. Facebook, Facebook Watch has it. The Ball in the Family. It's a good show. Yeah, and I mean, the more you watch the show, you more you realize like Lamelo kind of grew up in the limelight uh, because of his brother. Because his brother was the guy that kind of introduced him to the NBA lifestyle. Like the dude got a Lambo or something when he was 16 years old, bro. That's not something you see from other players in his class, right? Like, and like the thing on the court as well is like, how can you not expect the younger sibling to be the best? I think LeVar called it very early on because when you start a kid that early on playing against older people, older men, he has that many years to get better. 
Oh, and yeah. it's only natural that he was going to be the best. The older person, oldest sibling, you know, gets gets the brunt of it all. And if that's just like the pecking order, you know, when that younger sibling, you know, is able to spend so much of their, his time uh, playing against people older than him. And you can apply it to his family life, you know, back home with Jello and Lonzo and also in Australia, just playing guys twice his age as well. And mm-hmm. so that's all carried him to be able to compete at the highest level against who? Again, people who are twice his age. Exactly. And even with the comparisons of like LaMelo versus like Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman for that matter, like each of them have had like fairly regular collegiate careers. And James Wiseman didn't even play in college. He played like six games or like something like that. And then he came straight to the NBA. So a lot of development that you're seeing from like the Warriors pick, I feel like he's not going to really be good or be fruitful for at least another year or two because he doesn't even know how to play like real basketball yet. Right. Cause he's like the most exposure he's had is like when he was the man in high school, uh, but LaMelo got that chance to play overseas. He, he got that chance to play, you know, high school ball. And that all kind of contributes at the end of the day to make you a better player overall. Um, especially when you come in, because you're almost playing, you, you'll end up playing like a vet just because you have overseas experience that a lot of the people in your class don't even, don't even have. Um, exactly. But yeah, with that being said, you know, the Hornets are actually really fun to watch. I don't know yep. if you've caught any of their games, but um, I need to. I definitely need to. I think they're. I mean, it sucks. It's super. It really does suck. Um, I mean, I yeah. I caught one of their games. Obviously, they played the Lakers, um, and you know, we were kind of just toying with them, but they were. Uh, they were definitely a fun team to watch. I think they have a lot of weapons, bro. Like surprisingly, like I got to study Miles Bridges and PJ Washington more because they're young studs for sure, like high flyers. Um, Biombo fits well. Hayward is fitting better than everyone expected. Uh, uh, Devonte has slipped off a little bit, but no, that's just more shine for Rozier and Ball to just do their thing. And kudos to Lamelo, bro. Like people are talking about, like putting that team on his back and his emergence, like them winning games. And that's what I love about the Ball brothers. Like they, they, they are all about again just winning, winning the basketball game and none of the other antics. So, um, yeah. glad, glad they're glad they're seated where they're seated for sure. Bro, I think you should give a special shout out to Terry Rozier. I feel like he kind of yes. like, fell Big off or something out. last year, bro. I don't know what happened, but people weren't really talking about him. This new team, this new system, whatever it is, like for the first time ever, like I feel like Michael Jordan has done a good job putting together a team that can actually compete and has a strong has a strong future going into the, the next few years. Um, he was able to actually make something happen out of getting rid of Kimball Walker, so – um, really happy yeah. to see that. Um, Big ups to MJ, bro. MJ, MJ's on a on a right path for sure. He finally figured it out, bro. As a G, finally, bro, for real. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, there was a team out there that I was really high on. The Washington Wizards. <laughs> God, I don't even. God, it makes me so sad. They had that crazy win the other day. I mean, like last month when they beat the Nets. Thought that, I thought that was it. I thought they were going to win like the next 10 games after that. And they really haven't delivered on that promise. Russell Westbrook has been playing uh, much better than he has, you know, for the past year. You actually yeah. gave him to me and he's been going off. So thank you for that. He has been going off. Ike. Who did I get? Vuce? And, got Vooch. Uh, Vooch and who did I get? Dragic? No, I, I gave you Kevin it. Herter. I really oh, Kevin Herter. I kind of yeah. robbed you, bro. Honestly, you did not rob me, bro. I'm very, I'm very I okay with 
I'm very okay with. I'm Vooch. very okay with Russ, bro. I, I think who who do you think won? Please let us know. I think I think Russell Westbrook is going off right now, but they're still losing games. What what do you see for them? Are they still in the playoff hunt? Um, I think so. I, I mean, the East is so unpredictable, bro. Like you can't. There's just nothing you can say about the East and the bottom of the East. Anyone can come up from that. Um, you know, they're only they're only four games out of the uh, the tenth spot. Right. And, and they're only a half game back of 12th place uh, and excuse me, 1.5 out of the 11th spot. So seems like there's some separation, you know, from the 10th spot, which is the paces are at. But they can go on a run here, especially with Beal and, and Russ. Hopefully he doesn't need to rest any more games, um, you know, and so th- they're finding their stride for sure. I, I think, uh, you know, they, m- they might find a trade partner for Bertans and, and try to get a return on him. And that makes sense. Um, and find pieces that work. I was able to catch them against the Nets. And they put up a huge fight, bro. Like, legit came down to the last possession. Um, and I just love where they were at. Russ is finally, finally putting it together. Like, we know he's capable of doing. And, you know, um, Alex Alex Len, I think, is providing huge minutes just as a big for them, you know, with Thomas Bryant going down. And, you know, I, I just like where they're at. Um, you know, like two superstars, that's all you pretty much need. Let them take the bulk of it and just figure out the rest. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that they're they're really close. Um, they just don't have any defense, bro. It's really irritating to watch a team that can put up such great numbers and then just like it's a freaking freeloading out uh, at the bottom of the paint for them. Like nobody plays defense for them in the paint. Um, nobody. It's just like you can just walk in and take whatever you want. So it's like that meme of that security guard that like lightly checks people at the door. You know, like that old white yeah. uh, white guy. He just like. <laughs> <laughs> with the, like the blue uh like thing he had on the poncho and he just checks people's security gate so it, that's how the paint is for the washington wizards for sure it's, it's really sad to watch but definitely great offensive team um but that's all guys that's all we had time for today uh a bit on the shorter end for our podcast but really appreciated uh getting on here and finally you know learning a little bit more capital um, f on the finally yeah dude it's been it's been so long i really <laughs> want to do this it's just Dude, there's so much stuff going on. Like, it kind of sucks, but um, glad I was able to make some time for it today. And hopefully we can do more of these. But if not, if you don't hear my voice um, in the short-term future, just know that there are fan editions coming up. Shove has some monologues planned. And you can catch me on TikTok, bro. Follow the Uncharted pod on TikTok. Um, we're trying to make that shit popping. So any last words, Shub? Yeah, man. Uh, good job hosting today, man. I, I was, uh, I liked it. You mm-hmm. hosting the questions? Yeah, you did a great job, bro. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. oh, I Keep it like the segue. I didn't compliment on the segue. We got to make that a tradition. The segue was nice at Just the beginning. You, I appreciate. I did not go unnoticed, and uh, giving me feedback. Yeah, I appreciate let, it. Let's uh, let's get this more consistent, like uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell. So uh, you know. Whoa! Shots fired. Also, Aaron Gordon's on the trading block. I know we didn't talk about it, but holy shit, dude! We should get sponsored by Aaron Gordon, bro. <laughs> that was I like our first so argument, bro. I, I saw that man on the trading block, and I was like, "Who's this bro, guy again?" No, I'm taken kidding. back, bro. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no last words. Uh, like Josh said, catch us on TikTok, Uncharted Pod. Got to make a lot of content for you guys. Um, and we appreciate all the love we've been getting from our friends, our family, and, and the network in general. Um, just tell us what you guys want to see from us more. What kind of reactions you want to you want to see? Um, and we'd be excited to you know make that happen. Make that happen for sure. Quick thing, last thing, we're gonna leave on who gets who gets actually traded tomorrow for sure. Like rumors aside, buzz aside, who actually gets traded tomorrow? 
Because we know trade deadlines are always duds. Like nothing happens. I think Kyle Lowry's going to get traded. I think KCP's going to get traded from the Lakers. Wow. That is um, a hot take. Yeah. I think something's going to happen there for sure. Trez, KCP, a second for Oladipo. Do you do it? Absolutely. No question, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we do it. I do I it in a heart. heart I also I think Drummond's going to get bought out. I think Drummond's going to get bought out before the deadline. We, as Kevin O'Connor just tweeted, uh, there's a strong sense Drummond wants to go to the Knicks now, which would absolutely kill but, me. Oh, my God. He would just be riding his death. I retweeted why? a tweet today that it's it was like a – go look at it on Twitter. Andre Drummond's last tweet. Andre Drummond's last tweet. Go look at it. It's literally him. Like uh, He quoted someone holding a sign and it says – uh, are you gonna go to the Lakers yet? And he's just like, I. And uh, the other sign was like, I don't know or something. He quoted it and put like three laughing emojis. It was kind of hilarious. So fuck this guy, bro. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us. Um, oh, I'm so upset. Fuck the Knicks, bro. I, fuck the Knicks. Good for them, but yeah, fuck the Knicks. No, hey, close close this out though. Yeah. Uh, follow us on everything, boys. We're on everything. Subscribe, please. Subscribe, subscribe. helps out a lot. We're at 21 leave, followers. Let's leave, get leave this five to 30. stars. Go ahead, leave five stars. Uh, go through the ratings. If you drop your name, we'll be sending you a nice goodie uh, basket out to you know where wherever you're at. It really helps out our ratings. We definitely want your opinions. Oh, yeah. uh, feel free the to take you know, way. literally just thirty seconds to write a review what you think about this pod, um, and we'd love to read your comments and feedback all, all throughout. So, if you're a real one, you do that. All right, peace out, guys. Later. Stay safe.